Welcome to another episode of Thanks Divorce, where we discuss the lessons, the awakenings, and the gruesome beauty of going through a divorce. And I'm your host, Janine Bell. Oh, hey there. Welcome back. In this episode, I'm speaking with Sarah Woodward. She is a divorce coach, and we talk about We talk a lot about friendship and the importance of it as you go through a divorce and also how to make new friends post-divorce because that can be pretty tricky. And she goes into detail about positive psychology, which she is trained in and such. And yeah, some good stuff in there. If you enjoy it, make sure you subscribe and share, tell a friend, all the things. And also there's some noise in the background around the 20 something minute mark. That's on my side. I'm sorry about that. One day I'll be in a studio, okay? We early over here. So uh, still good content. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for coming on the show. How are you? Hi, Janine. I'm really good, thank you. And thanks so much for having me on here today. It's been a long time coming. I feel like we've been going back and forth for some time. And I'm glad that we finally got a chance to make this actually happen. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So first things first, you have an accent. Tell us where you are. <laughs> I'm um, based in the UK, not far from Windsor. Windsor. I feel like I've heard that on shows and movies Windsor too. Windsor Castle, where the Queen spends a lot of her time. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you making the time. Uh, I know we have different time zones and mm. we made it happen. So thank you so much. Thank you. And so as I said in the intro, Sarah is a divorce coach. And I just learned before I started recording that she's a positive psychology coach as well. And we will get into that. But before we do, could you tell my audience and tell me, I'm interested too, uh, what is your divorce story? Just a little bit about your background, a snapshot of where you came from, and then we can get into where you are as well. So I met my husband at university when I was 19 and we were married for 10 years. We were together 16 years in total. So, you know, that was, I'd been with him all my adult life at that time. Mm -hmm. We didn't have any children and he basically ended the marriage, which was a complete shock to me. I was completely blindsided and devastated by it. And it took me a long time to get over it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, That's a long time to be with someone for it to come out of nowhere Mm. and abruptly So at that time, if you met at 19 plus 16, let's say that's 35. Thank you. (laughs) I'm looking at the numbers like, uh, you know, it's not an even number. Um, 35. (laughs) Uh, So you find yourself at 35 starting over. Mm. What happens there? Like, how do you heal? What are the steps? How do you go from everything you've known has been with this one person to now you're on your own and, and rebuilding. What was that like for you? It was really, really tough for me. I just didn't know how to get myself out of the situation I was in. I suffered from chronic depression at the time, so reactive depression to what had happened. And yeah, it took me, I would say four or five years to really get over it and, and start back on my life again. Um, you know, I was still in tears every day for a long time. And the, the things that help, helped me, <clears throat> excuse me, were having a good support network in place. So I had a group, a good um, set of friends who were really helpful and really supportive. I had friends who were really good fun to be with as well and spend time with mm. um, and made me feel good about myself. Um, 
I read a lot of books. I had therapy at the time, which although it had its place um, and helped me understand myself more, again, it didn't equip me with the tools to help myself move forward. So mm. I was in therapy for a long time, but I, I was still very stuck. And the turning point for me was that um, I decided I was at a travel exhibition with a friend one January and there was a talk on wildlife photography and I'd always been interested in wildlife mm. um, and I went to the talk and got chatting with the photographer afterwards and um, before I knew it I'd booked myself on a five-day trip to a photography trip to Kenya oh, wow. um, and yeah I mean that was way out of my comfort zone I'd never done anything like that on my own so you know I nearly talked myself out of it quite a few times but you mm. know it was life-changing for me I met a group of people most of them were single who accepted me for who I was on that trip they didn't ask me any questions about what I did at home mm. so I didn't kind of have to relive my story with them and we you know we just laughed so much on it you know when you laugh till your belly literally hurts mm -hmm. um, and from that I made friends and through those friends you know they obviously introduced me to other people so I made a whole new network of friends because what I'd been doing up to that point was seeing all the friends that we'd seen as a couple together but on my own so every time I saw them it was just a stark reminder that I was single now on my own and my husband wasn't there mm. and that again was just keeping me stuck I needed to find new friends and new interests that that were my own um, and as a result of my wildlife photography I've, I've been lucky enough to travel all over the world and just opened up so many opportunities for me so that was like a major turning point for me in terms of healing after the divorce that's incredible yeah so do you still do that to this day i do oh I do. wow yeah and i absolutely love it it's just kind of my my other passion in my life i love wildlife and i love the the photography and and that's really good photography you know coming slightly talk touching on positive psychology one of the things that's really good for your well-being is what they call when you're in flow and that's when you're doing activity you know where you completely lose track of time you're so engrossed in what you're doing mm. and 100 concentrate on on it and for yeah. me photography is like that just i'm mm -hmm. so focused on it when i'm on those trips that i don't think about anything else and that's so good for your well-being yeah yeah oh i love that i find someone asked me recently what is what is something that you do where you lose track of time yeah and for me that is either sewing, which I love, or writing. And I really, like both of those two things, I lose con con complete yeah. track of time. And for it to have a name, like being in flow, I feel like I'm, and in addition to being in flow, I feel like I'm being, I'm connected to a divine source at that time. Exactly, yes. Time, time doesn't exist, almost I don't exist. Like I'm in it, we're like yeah. doing a thing together, like in creation. Absolutely, and it's so good for you. I love that you found that. And I love that, like the way that you like organically just stumbled upon and then said yes to a thing, even with trepidation, even trying to talk yourself out of it. And you did it. And it was the turning point. Like, you yeah, never know. yeah, you never know what that thing is going to be. You never I love that so much. Yeah, I could never have planned that. Like you said, it literally did stumble on it. Yeah. And oh. it's about being open to opportunities, isn't it, that come your way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. And I, um, uh, what I, what I liked is that how you found a group of people on that that first trip where 
there was just acceptance of who you are. And um, that's such a vital point, like a vital thing in life that we all need. And you kind of know it when it's there. And then you like, you also know it when it's not there, but you kind of just make it work like the acceptance part. <laughs> but when you can feel fully accepted just for all that you are or that you aren't or whatever, it doesn't even matter. Mm. Just, just being, it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. I'm glad that it you was, get to experience yeah. it. It was amazing. There literally nobody asked me any questions about my home life or my past. We just all turned up as we were on the holiday. Yeah. And had the best time. Oh, that's so good. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I love that moment. I love that part of the story. Um, and you never know, you never know. So say yes to things. That's, that's the moral of the story that I got from what you just shared. <laughs> Definitely. You just never know. So, okay. We mentioned positive psychology. Can you tell me the other type of psychology and the difference between the two? Yeah. So positive psychology is kind of a, an alternative to traditional psychology, which has been around for a long time. So the traditional psychology tends to look at what's wrong with people and assume that they need fixing and it looks at kind of the, the neck upwards. So it's all about the head. Whereas positive psychology looks more at the person holistically mm. um, and it tends to look at what's going well and it builds on strength. So positive psychology is about helping people flourish and thrive in life. Mm -hmm. So it's been around since the late 19. 90s I think so it's relatively new and was developed by a person called uh, Martin Seligman mm -hmm. and as part of the positive psychology he came up with six pillars that need to be in place to help you flourish and thrive in life um, and they are engagement literally what we've just talked about so that's about being in flow when you find that you're in the zone mm -hmm. you've got feelings of concentration and contentment and you're doing things that, um, that you enjoy. So for like, like you, it's sewing or writing, it could be reading, it could be gardening, you know, whatever it is for you, but it's so important to find that thing. Mm -hmm. And also make sure you actively plan time in your diary for it as well, mm -hmm. because it's just so vital for your well-being. Then there's the, another pillar is meaning. So it's about finding um, your meaning and your purpose in life. And I think particularly when you're going through a divorce, you can really lose that. Yeah. You know, suddenly you're a single person, you haven't got a partner anymore. And it's just about, you know, what does your life mean for you now? Um, and it's around, you know, trying to get passionate about that. It's understanding what our values are in life and making sure we're living in alignment with those as well. Because if we're not, then things feel really off. Yeah. Um, and it's about being of service and contribution as well in the world and to others. Yeah. Um, and it's about feeling connected to something that's bigger than ourselves, whether that's, you know, your, your faith, your religion, the universe, your highest self, mm -hmm. wh whatever that is. Then there's um, accomplishment, mm. which again comes into divorce coaching as well, because that's about setting meanif meaningful goals in life so that you achieve things and you kind of move forward. Um, but it's also about um, like recognizing your accomplishments as well. I know I'm always like looking forward as to where I need to go and, I, and I'm not very good at celebrating what I have achieved already. Uh -huh. So studying the psychology, positive psychology has really helped with that. And I think when you're going through a divorce as well, sometimes it's as much as you can do just to get up for the day, yeah. get up in the morning. So it's about giving yourself credit for that. Mm -hmm. and all the small things that you're having to do, you know, just to even get 
through the day when you're going through that traumatic time. Um, And positive psychology also talks about having a growth mindset as well, so that you can actually grow from trauma in your life, um, which is really important as well. And the fact that, you know, generally there will always be silver linings from trauma in your life. So it's about focusing on those as well. Um, and, and achieving mastery, being good at good at something. Then there's health, mm-hmm. which is eating well, um, exercise and moving your body. Um, and it's about good quality rest and sleep. So it's about finding time in your day to actually rest and recover as well. Mm-hmm. So you're not on the go all the time as well, which, you know, not like in the rat race and on, on the hamster wheel of life. So it's just taking some time out for you as well and whatever you want to do whether that's just sitting quietly and you know restoring yourself mm-hmm. um then there's positive emotions so that's about building the psychological resources so that you're better able to cope when bad and negative things happen to you in your life because positive psychology doesn't assume that everything's good mm-hmm. you know it, it recognizes that negative things happens as well but it's being equipped to deal with those things better mm. um and you know bringing it back to divorce one of the the research that's been done in positive psychology is that emotions are contagious so mm. when you're going through a divorce it's really important who you spend your time with so you want to be spending your time with people that light you up and make you feel good about yourself mm. not people that drain your energy and you know just don't make you feel good mm. um, and then there's lots of things that you can do lots of tools and techniques that you can do perhaps when you're having a down day just to to increase your positive emotions and start to help you feel better mm-hmm. and then the last one is about relationships um so that's about having genuine connection to others things like expressing gratitude there's been a lot of studies done on gratitude which shows that it um, significantly increases your mood and it can help with depression and things like that um and a sense of having a sense of belonging as well, which I think when you're going through a divorce, sometimes that can be a real issue. You know, when you're a single person, it's finding your place and, and where you belong in life as well. So it's really wide ranging science um, and really powerful and lots of interventions and exercises within it that can help anyone really. But, you know, I, I use it to help my clients when they're going through their divorce. That, that is incredible. And it sounds like, exactly what people need full stop just right there what people need in general and specifically people who are going through a divorce um everything that you just described is like yeah that that would be useful that's totally useful yeah i should do that that's all every single thing because you're coming from a space of a traumatic event and in order to get out of it or at least find homeostasis uh you have to counteract that with all of those things and then grow from and learn and go and and do other things with your life. Uh, so I really appreciate you really saying all of those. You didn't have to, but um, it, it makes perfect sense. Mm. Um, things that you've shared so far, I am curious about like that part. That was great. And I imagine that is like the core of your coaching, just the basis of it all, along with your own, uh, you know, special sauce on how you do it. Mm the part that came up kind of twice is the the relationships and how you said that before you would being with your old friends mm-hmm. they were they served as a reminder so 
how do you or how did you go about just making new friends as a 35 year old person coming out of relationship living possibly in the same town as your ex um and those same friends still like depending on like their maturity level they can separate both friendships and like have a good friendship with you but how did it how was that for you creating new friendships with new people yeah and, and it was something that i realized i had to do you know after a while and i did step away from my existing friends just while i needed to heal really and find my own set of friends i mean i was lucky in the respect that my my husband kind of walked away from our life completely he didn't really keep in touch with any of our friends so they mm -hmm. didn't have to choose so i was still you know really lucky lucky and grateful to have them in my life but i did step away for a while i'm i'm now back in contact with them all because i'm in much much better place but for me i think it is really hard to make new friends isn't it i mean you've obviously got you know if you're in a corporate life which i was i had I had friends through work that were kind of, you know, single friends that I would see on my own. So that was great. I still kept in touch with them. But it was the photography because the people I met on that first trip and then subsequent trips that I went on, mm -hmm. I just made so many more friends. And we already had something major in common, photography and wildlife, when we went on those trips. So, you know, it was a really good base to form a friendship on. And, you know, I'm still friends with people that I met, you know, in 2009 on my first trip. Mm, okay, that makes sense. Having a common ground, like a niche based mm. thing that you all have in common just naturally as a person. So you have that in common. That's, that's a nice fertile ground to create a friendship from. Yeah, and I think it's, um, you know, to, I don't know if you get it in the US, but there's like meetup clubs over here. Mm -hmm. where based on you know again like a particular hobby or something like that that's always a good way I just find it's it's um it's a more it feels a bit more authentic to me and a more gentle way to make friends when you've got something in common to start with and it feels less intimidating as well yeah yeah I agree I am um, I'm a big fan of meetup.com don't sponsor the podcast at all, but I'm, we'll talk about it. Um, any place where people convene for a hobby or just an interest, yeah. it, that's your people automatically because you like the thing too. Um, and there's there's no real there's no big need for an icebreaker because we all know why we're all here. We like you know hiking or we like bird watching, whatever the thing is. Exactly. Um, it's a great that's a great way to meet people um and for, what about the people who come out of a relationship and part of it is identity stuff so they don't even know who they are or what they're into yeah but it takes something to pick the wildlife photography you have to know yourself to know that you want to do that and for some people coming out of a relationship they're like i don't even i don't even know what i like anymore i don't even know who i am outside of the confines of the relationship i was wife i was mom i was all these things, but their their first name doesn't have an identity to them. What how what's your advice for or even your experience as a coach? Have yeah. you seen how do you go from that kind of lost-ish space yeah. to you know finding your identity, finding your tribe and, and building? So for me, I mean I didn't know I was interested in wildlife photography. It was about being open enough to go to that travel show okay then to go on that talk mm -hmm. and then to have the courage to put myself 
on that trip but some of the work I do with my clients it's about quite often we will go back to you know when they were younger in life so pre their relationship mm-hmm. um, and start digging into what did they used to love to do you know what what did they do to have fun what used to make them happy so it's about trying to really reconnect with another part of their life when they were happy um, and and did things that maybe they couldn't do when they're married um, you know for one reason or another you know we all make compromises or if you have children it's difficult to follow mm-hmm. you know your own hobbies sometimes from, from a time point of view but it's really about exploring that and then you know gently encouraging them to to try and go to events and things like that where they might meet people as well so it's definitely you know it's like trying to get a clue from their past as well as to what they loved doing when they were single yeah that makes sense because you you were a whole person before you entered a relationship no no matter if you were 19 or 24 or whatever Um, so that's a great a great uh, I guess touch point to go back to Mm. uh, because it is it is possible to like forget (laughs) this what was I into and maybe you want to find something new yeah I don't even know so the moral of that one sounds like just be open yeah and also what I do sometimes with clients is we do like a breakup bucket list as well oh. so everything you know what what's everything that they've wanted to do in their life and we get down get that down on paper mm-hmm. um which you know gives them some structure and something to aim for and then you know we start trying to put steps in place to tick some of those off and it can you know that can make it really fun and help them be focused as well yeah I like that idea a breakup bucket list specifically for a focus because if you're just going through life and like oh it ended it's like all the sadness about it but if you have a goal like i i wanted to run the marathon or i wanted to yeah i'm gonna start doing take up knitting or whatever the thing is i'm gonna axe throw who knows right (laughs) it gives you something else to focus on beyond the sadness of exactly breakup itself which is brilliant okay so Oh, so I had a question around, like in your, in your coaching business, have you found like a commonality amongst women who are going through a divorce that maybe people might not, it's kind of like, I'm trying to see if there's a through line when it comes to mindset that would connect people who may be listening saying like, oh, I'm not the only one that goes through this thing or this, this thought process or uh, these feelings. Like, what are you seeing in your coaching that that could be a commonality amongst women mm. going through a divorce? There's, oh, there is actually, there are lots of things. So uh, quite often confidence and self-esteem are really low. Um, like they might be asking themselves questions, you know, like what's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? Especially if they've been left, you know, kind of like they're taking the blame and wondering what they could have done differently. Um, it's quite... You know, I was talking to a client this morning, it's quite common to feel like you're taking one step forward and two back as well. Oh. Uh, because um, at, the, at the end of the day, you're going through a grief process and it's not a linear process. You can jump backwards and forwards between the various stages of the grief process. Yeah. Um, and the brain kind of gives you another bit to deal with when it feels you're strong enough to deal with that. So that's what's happening when that occurs. Oh. Um, I think quite often it's a very negative mindset in terms of their self-critical as well, which I alluded to before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I was in this position, it was like not having a clue what my future 
would be like without my ex because I had, you know, had it all planned out. We knew what we were going to do. We had all our hopes and dreams and they're kind of taken away from you. So it's complete, yeah, just feeling totally lost and what's life got in store for me now and not imagining how they could possibly be happy again after their divorce. Mm. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's really common, especially if it was, you know, a breakup that they didn't want. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I try and w- work with my clients to help them realize that it is possible to be happier, stronger, happier and stronger than ever before after your divorce. Mm. Um, one of the other things from positive psychology, what research has shown is that your happiness level, 50% of your happiness level is due to your genetics. So mm. it's kind of like a set point and only 10% of your happiness is due to your circumstances which means that 40% of your happiness is within your control. Um, mm. And when I learned that, I just think that's so empowering as well, because, you know, when I was going through my divorce, I didn't really think there was much I could do about it to help myself. Mm. But just knowing that that 40% of your happiness, you can do something about, if you know the, the tools and techniques to use, I think is really empowering. Yeah, 100%. I love that. It's such a fun fact. Mm. also like a big 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 fact huge isn't it <laughs> yeah tell me tell me the percentage again it's so 50 percent is from your genetics so that's kind of like your set point 10 mm-hmm. percent is due to your circumstances and 40 percent is within your control okay that's very empowering and that's from a lady called um sonia Lubomirsky. she did the research on that 50 percent genetics yeah I really, I, I, I can see that. I can see that being a thing and only 10% of circumstance. And we put so much emphasis on circumstance. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And just, you know, just knowing that fact, you know, how it can just flip that around for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, that's a big, big one. Wow. Thank you for all of those, those three lines. I didn't even, I figured there would be some, but just labeling them clearly, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm not the only one who feels this way or thinks this way because divorce happens for a lot of people, maybe everyone in a silo. Like you just had a, like a emotional silo by yourself, going through all the emotions. You were parted with something and someone who's experiencing something completely different than you. Yeah. So you don't even have that person to ping yeah. off your, your emotions off of, really. So it's it's it can be a place where it's like, am I am I crazy? Am I the only one mm. that's felt like this? So finding other divorced people yeah. and or psychology coach, uh, uh, I don't know any any type of healing modality that can help you go through those things to show you you're not the only one, exactly. and it's actually normal. That whole two steps, the one step forward, two steps back, and grief not being linear. I hope that helps someone because, you know, sometimes you feel like, oh, I, I'm having a really good day. Like I, I feel like I've made some headway in my healing, and then you know, the next week it's like I feel like I'm back at ground zero, and that doesn't feel good to know that I felt so good a week ago, and then now it's a completely different reality. And I think just knowing that, I think if I'd known that when I was going through my divorce, it would have helped me to be so much kinder to myself. Mm. And just understand, okay, I know what's going on. I'm just somewhere different in the grief curve at the moment. And But that will pass and I will get through it. it I'm not going to be stuck here. You know, yeah. I will be able to move on from it. It just makes such a difference. Yeah, yeah. That's a wonderful thing to 
share and, and to be shared and to know. Um, so I'm guessing that you got into divorce coaching because of your divorce journey. Uh, but can you talk about, because I know that you, you've gone through a therapist, you've, you've done your own healing um, and found what works for you. But can you tell us how we got to, you know, deciding to be a coach and, and all of that? Yeah, so my background is actually finance. I worked for Sony for 15 years um, in finance and procurement, but the part I always loved was um, coaching my teams and developing my team. So I've always been a people person. Yeah. Um, and like my colleagues there who were in HR used to say to me, you know, you should be in HR, um, human resources. Um, and then in 2011, Sony outsourced all their back office functions. So I took redundancy. Oh. Um, and then took some time out, did a lot of travel and my wildlife photography. Mm-hmm. And then um, eventually I trained as a coach. I had no idea at that point what I wanted to coach in. I didn't know about divorce coaching. Divorce coaching in the UK is still really new. It's much more uh, common and you know known about in the US than it is over here. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even know divorce coaching was a thing. Um, and then a couple of years ago, a friend went through a divorce and it made me realize that there still wasn't much support available over here. Um, and I saw an article in the newspaper over here about a divorcierge service in the US. Um, and then finally I saw an advert for some divorce training over here. So those three things kind of all happened quite close together. And it was like, oh yeah, there's a clue here. So, and it's just as soon as I realized divorce coaching existed, I knew that that was for me because I don't want any other women to be stuck for as long as I was. Um, and I know now that there's so much you can do to help yourself to move on. And I know if I'd had access to a divorce coach at the time, it would have made such a difference to me. So yeah, it was just like almost found my calling really. And you know, going back to the positive psychology, I kind of found my meaning and my purpose in life. Oh, that's beautiful. I love how that came together. Just. Mm-hmm those pieces of the puzzle came together and you were, you're like, I'm listening, I'm listening, I got it. I'll, I'll yeah. do the thing. <laughs> You've got the message. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Not cool, but like, I like to hear when things align and mm. things resonate and, th- and, and then you act on it. Like that, mm. I think cool really just watered it all down. But I like what I'm recognizing is that you heard, you listened and you followed through and here you are. Yeah. Which is beautiful. So in, I know that you said that you work with divorced women, obviously, if, and usually in the early stages. What yeah. is considered early? So when the breakup's really raw, so even within a couple of weeks of the breakup, um, and that's when I prefer to work with them because that's when I feel I can make the most difference and I can help them get through the process you know, quicker than what they would do on their own and I can stop them being stuck. So that's my ideal client. I also get women that come to me like 18 months, two years down the line when their divorce is done, but they're, they're still stuck and they don't know what to do with their life. So I also, that's kind of another client that comes to me. But yeah, I prefer the early stages because that's when I feel I can make the most difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. So is it word of mouth? Like how do you find your people? word of mouth and social media as well and networking okay okay because you know like like I said we do we do it in silos so you just kind of like I'm going through it no one really knows that it's happening how do you find you know okay 
I get that. And and women, I I think I have this. I don't. I think I'm biased because I'm a woman. But I feel like we really look for ways of healing when we're going through something. Yeah. I think that's what we just naturally like. Where are my people? Where's my tribe? Where's my sister circle? Like, how can I get through this because it hurts and I don't want to keep hurting. Definitely. I think, um, and it's generalizing hugely, but I think men just kind of tend to get on with things more. I think women generally like to talk about things more, like you said, to share and mm-hmm. to find your tribe and, and, you know, connect with people that are going through the same thing or who have been through it as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I love, I love everything about this. Do you want to talk about, um, you said that you had chronic depression or reactive depression? Yeah. What is, is, what is reactive depression? So it was brought on by the divorce. Okay. So does that, when I hear reactive, so brought on by the divorce, yes. Um, so was a lot of, a lot of things were triggering after the divorce? Uh, yeah. So it was, it was just kind of the reaction to the trauma of the divorce just set, set okay. me off on a, on a deep depression, really. It okay. was really hard to get out of. So you know, I hadn't suffered from depression before. It was literally as a result of the depression. Um, so yeah, I was on a lot of medication, the therapy to try and get me through it. And it was, yeah, really, really tough. You know, there were some really dark times. Okay, but- yes. I understand, I understand. Um, I just needed clarity on that. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I've experienced the same thing with uh, a miscarriage. Yeah, like there's a lot. Again, isn't it it's it's a lot I didn't know that it had a name like reactive depression yeah. um, I just do that after the miscarriage I felt depressed and I had yeah. not felt depression before that and um, so it has it has an actual name yeah because you're grieving you know you're grieving when you have a miscarriage as well aren't you yeah it's a loss it's a loss yeah uh, so that makes sense that's a I get that uh, I have two kind of related questions but sort of not what has divorce taught you and that is a all-encompassing question because you've been through one and you coach through people through theirs and you have a lot of I guess focal points or you know purviews of the thing called divorce and um what is life teaching you right now so the first one is like what did divorce teach you I think one of the things it taught me was that I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was. I really, at one point, you know, I couldn't imagine getting through it and being able to live a happy life again. Um, But, you know, I managed to achieve that and I see my clients achieve it as Mm. well. But it is, it really is possible. Um, I, even though I was financially independent, I relied on my husband a lot emotionally Mm. uh, as well. So... I think I'm much more independent now, you know, even though I've got another partner, I still go traveling on my own with my photography friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, which I never would have done when I was married. So I think it's, you know, just being more open to the opportunities again and realizing there's so much more out there um, and that, you know, you can get on with your life and have an amazing life still. It's just different from what you thought you had planned. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. When you're describing how you, you go travel by yourself and how you wouldn't have done that before, it the visual I have in my mind is how like when people 
meld into one person when they're in a relationship, but you're like, no, I'm an actual person and I get to do things with my own interests. And I think that uh, way of doing it is more sustainable. Yeah. And it's I'm more sure, healthy. Yeah, more healthy. Um, and I'm, I'm sure the other way works for certain people, like find your folks who want to be melded together. Both of you do it. <laughs> but uh, I do think there is a lot of merit to, you know, being your own person within the relate, like you're two separate people coming together. Yeah. So thank you for thank you for saying that. And knowing that you learn that you're stronger than you thought. Like mm. that's such a, a wonderful thing to to find out. Mm. <laughs> um yeah, because it's really an unknown territory. Yeah. And you learn so much along the way and it's like a painful lessons and you're fighting through things to get but you will get to mm things that are unimaginable from the other side. Yeah, definitely. And maybe that's the same answer. I don't know, but what is life? Is anything, is life teaching you anything right now, currently? It's those things, but also I think in terms of setting up my own business, it's, there's been such a steep learning curve. And mm. I guess it's taught me that I'm, I am more capable and I thought as well it's again it's about drawing on those internal resources isn't it mm. um, and just you know you can do whatever you set your mind to really it's just all about your mindset and you know your commitment to it mm -hmm. I love that too it's making me think that you know how you said that happiness has a certain percentage and all that mm. like maybe like fear is mm. is somewhere in there too like it's it's really not like it's 10% circumstance type of thing. Like it's not even yeah. as, yeah. as you think it is because you can do things once you get past the fear, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's about pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, which I've had to do a lot of in terms of, you know, setting up my business. But, you know, one of the things in divorce, there's a lot of overwhelm that women have sometimes. And that comes from fear. It comes from the fear of the unknown of their future, that, you know, their finances, what whatever the fear is of. So it's, you know, when you can start getting more clarity on that, that's when it the fear starts to subside. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Clarity. And that's what coaching provides. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and I will not butcher it. So your website is sarah-woodford.com. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I was like, don't, don't mess it up. It's not you <laughs> pay anything. It's not, uh, but it's all in the show notes. You can all find it there. And I think, I think your perspective is pretty great. And even the training that you've gotten with um, positive psychology is a great tool to add to your tool as a coach and being able to help others with those types of things. Because I, I can agree that most therapy, traditional therapy is very heady. Yeah. very you know thoughts and words and all of that <laughs> um mm. so thank you for your time um i will have you ask the i mean finish the sentence thanks divorce and you can take it away whenever you want i think the first thing is thanks divorce for all the opportunities it gave me to travel and discover my wildlife photography and make um, a whole group of, of new friends and just make my life a lot richer and more fulfilled and happier. And also for giving me a career that I love now as well.
and that I'm really passionate about. Ooh, I love that. That's a new one, specifically the career part. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it was wonderful to hear your story and I hope that it's inspiring to other people. Um, yeah, it feels, it feels like you're in a good place and yeah. it took something to get there. Like let's not overstate that mm -hmm. part or understate that part. Um, but I, I appreciate you sharing what you've gone through and all, all that you've gained from it. And uh, I wish you all the best. Thank you. And thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much.